Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to be talking about Elite 2 Frontier. Maybe the Frontier goes in front. It's always difficult for me to remember. It wouldn't go in the back. Would it? It'd be back tier. Ah, true, true. But before we get into the space exploration part of the podcast, uh, Aaron, why don't you fill us in on what's been going on in our uh, Amigos community this week? Well, the Dreamcatcher is back. And so he continues his look at the various Bond-based games. And this time out, he's looking at the uh, the movie uh, game from License to Kill. Now, I, I'll, this is a Timothy Dalton flick. This is when things got bad, That's right? That's not true. Not? I disagree. Mm. Uh, uh, this was uh, Timothy Dalton's, I think this is his uh, second effort as Bond. And this one, this the, people don't get this movie, all right? And I, I, I'm going to explain why I like it. So, and explain, and the game, the game is, uh, I've not played the game for about a gazillion years, so, so read the content here, Dreamcatcher will give you the comparisons, but one thing Dreamcatcher always does is he encapsulates the film in, in, in pictures, and this film's got a lot of wacky stuff in it, because in this one, it starts out with Bond trying to help the American CIA and his buddy Felix Leiter uh, uh, capture this drug Baron, a big huge, sort of like we we just had a guy sentenced just like yesterday. Oh yeah, El uh, Chapone. El Chapone. And so this is a very similar situation where they're trying to capture this guy. Actually, what they're doing, I believe, is they're uh, uh, transporting him, and he tries to get any his buddies eventually break him out. But that comes later. So the beginning of this, Bond's helping capture this guy. So what I like about this, if you watch the Bond flicks, Felix Leiter is sometimes a black guy, sometimes he's a white guy, sometimes he's a, a, a like has walks with a cane. You know, so so in this episode, Felix Leiter, it's the worst movie he ever has because he's partially fed to a shark. Oh my gosh. That's what I like about it. <laughs> and his wife on the day, on their wedding day is brutally gang killed. And then he's fed to a shark. This sounds like a much more violent than your typical it was. Bond flick. It, this is nothing like any other Bond movie. Mm. Bond basically quits the uh, MI6 he comes to him, uh, goes down, falls down to the uh, south of the border to try to deal with this. He wants vengeance for what they did to Phil Clay. The whole movie's about him getting revenge. Wow, that's the whole film. Now, are the you know I'm I'm I haven't seen I've only seen one Bond movie. Oh, and so is this? First of all, is that Harry Connick Jr. there in that picture uh, no. right there on the right? Okay, no, no. that guy actually was in. Uh, uh, L.A. Confidential, among other movies, he's been a lot of good stuff. Is are all the besides Bond, and of course Bond is also a rotating actor. Yeah. But like Q, Money Penny, are they different actors in all the movies no, too? Well, they are now. For the longest time, Money Penny was the same lady, and for the longest time, Q was the same fellow. I think his name was Desmond Lewin or something like that. Uh, but eventually, he was actually he's been replaced twice. One time, he was replaced by John Cleese. Really? And then uh, in the in the last couple films, uh, John Cleese was out. I think John Cleese was only there for a little while, and then they had another guy, a uh, younger geeky type guy, playing him. Uh, so, but and this one, another one thing I like about this is actually Q comes out in the field. He breaks protocol, goes out, and he helps Bond in the field. It's, it's real funny because mm. Q's a musical guy. 
it's not for everyone. It's not really very Bondy, to be completely honest with you. It's was this when Bond was kind of going through an identity crisis? Well, Dalton, I think they were trying to make him a little, you know, much like the current Bond. They're making a lot of uh, more hard edge because they were coming off Roger Moore, and Roger Moore admittedly played Bond for Camp, mm -hmm. which I kind of liked. I mm -hmm. was like that, but this was the more like gritty Bond, which is sort of more book like. Uh, and in this one, there's he's just it's all about he infiltrates a drug ring, and so it's got the bad guy from Goonies in it. So you got that going for you. I was wondering we were going to actually get to the game. You know, Dreamcatch yeah. it gives you a Dream scene by scene goes, reenactment right, before you right. jump so, in there. Uh, I have played this, but it's it's been so long that I don't even remember anything about it. You know, I remember the movie pretty well because I'm not saying it's one of my favorites, but it's 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 got its moments, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, but uh, DK does it upright, so if you're interested in checking this thing out, I recommend watch the movie and giving the game a shot. But I don't really think there's a whole lot in common between mm. the two. I know there's a big truck scene in it. That's about all I remember. Um, well, that wraps up our Amigos press coverage for this week. Uh, what has been going on over on our YouTube channel? Uh, well, boy, we've released, there's been a ton of stuff up in the past couple weeks. I mean, a ton of it. In fact, I'm not even, I'm not sure I've even got a chance to watch it. All. I think I've gotten to watch most of it. So let's talk about, and I found this particularly interesting. Um, I don't, who was it that put this up, the Time Gal This videos. is Duncan. Duncan, who once again did not put his name. He's killing me. Uh, Duncan put up a look at Time Gal, which is uh, the latest game that has gotten a, a formal, uh, you know, I guess not a porting, but that has been released for the Amiga. Now, I have seen Time Gal on, I believe, the Sega CD. Uh, they really, a form, an actual release. Uh, and so he released two videos this week. And the first one is just him playing Time Gal. And I'll watch this. And <laughs> did you watch any of this? You know, this is this is like um, it's like Space Ace, right? Or you it's, know, Dragon Slayer. It is sort Slayer. of like Space Ace, but Time Gal. I will say one thing I like about Time Gal is she literally giggles and sighs and goes and makes all kinds of noise. I mean, mm -hmm. she seems like she's having a good time, but she's almost repeatedly getting murdered. Right. Right. I mean, over and over. She must have cardio for days because it never stops. <laughs> she never takes a breath, and she travels back through time. Um, she's a hot anime girl and with no pants who goes through time and almost gets killed a lot. That's the game. Now, if you are not, uh, this reminded me a little bit more of, say, a, a cliffhanger than it did Dragon's Lair because they just took probably, I'm assuming this is from an existing film. I see, so Cliffhanger uh, uh, Cliffhanger differs from Dragon's Lair in that they just took something that already existed and yeah, now put I, the commands in I it. can't say for sure. They may have, this may have been made as exclusively as a game. But the uh, uh, and I and I'll admittedly I don't I'm not familiar with this as an anime, uh, but uh, when Cliffhanger, if we ever played it, they just took film and just and made the moves around the actual film. Okay, which that's, I think that's probably what they did here, but I could be wrong. Uh, but it looked good, so that was the first video that came out. Then, secondly, he came out with an even better uh, version of this that compares the OCS version with the uh, or OCS ECS version with the AGA version. And and you can and simultaneously. Well, this is great, by the way. Now you know I I watched this pretty carefully. Mm -hmm. I could not tell a difference. Can you point out to me where the main differences are between these two versions? Well, it's funny you should say that because I I got in real close. I think maybe one is a little sharper, but it is. It's not. It's not a uh, difference that I don't that I think is worth caring that much about now. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have not played them. Maybe it'll, maybe when you play it, there's a little bit of a different feel to it. 
I will say what is amazing to me is that this exists because this is incredible. I mean, the, you're effectively you're watching digitized anim, animated film on your Amiga, and it looks and it looks pretty darn good. It's it looks a lot better than the Dragon's Lair ver, you know port over mm-hmm. to the Amiga. I mean, this looks like a proper. This could come straight out of the, out of the arcade. Oh yeah, in all honesty, absolutely. Uh, I couldn't believe it. Could you believe how nice this looked? You know, I was amazed that it could. I mean, what is this? What is this? What is this doing? I mean, this is this is not loading off a CD, is it? No. This is loading off a disc, right? I I, I have not played. I don't know if it was something he had it on, on a hard drive. Right. Or, it's but hard I to mean, believe this could load off a disc. Right. Uh. It just because there's just so much so much stuff and it's full screen. You know, um, it's very impressive. I didn't know the Amiga was capable of something. Uh, like this, I was with you. I was blown away. Yeah. I was blown away by this. So. That's almost a must-watch, just to just to see what you're looking at. It's quite a, quite amazing. Oh, okay, uh, Duncan Style says these are CD ISO images. I see. So, so, they, they so that explains that they're directly from the arcade. Right. That, that explains a lot because having seen this before, it looked exactly like I mean it was identical to the arcade. Why don't you tackle this uh, this next one here? Okay, this so coming from your neck of the this woods. is uh, our Amiga Ireland coverage continues uh, with the uh, Amiberry Workshop. Uh, this is a guy uh, I actually talked to this guy quite a bit uh, and a uh, real friendly fellow. Uh, he is gives a whole workshop on how to use your Raspberry Pi basically as a, as an Amiga, mm-hmm. not only for gaming but for lots of other stuff too. And he talks about Amiberry and how it's different than some of the other uh, Amiga Pi based builds out there and stuff. It's really really, really cool. And he, I mean, um, you know, in a fifteen minute workshop, he really gives you a blow by blow kind of setup sequence here. So uh, if you're interested in that, be sure to, to check it out. And uh, our Amiga Ireland coverage, we've got just a couple more things to. Uh, to put up, but uh, you can watch all of the main talks over on our uh, YouTube page. Uh, there's an Amiga Ireland playlist that you can you can access. I will say that uh, I, I I've used Amy Berry uh, a lot of my pie. It's a, it's a, in my build, and it's it does a good job. Uh, provided you have uh, you know if you're running this thing with a full keyboard and stuff, if you're trying to run this as an arcade setting, it can be a bigger chore. Uh, in fact, that my that what he's running, I actually downloaded. It's like it's called the Ultimate Ultimate Amiga Disc, and it uh, it's it's Ultimate Amiga build for running specific Amiga games from your Pi. So I've got one that's sort of uh, blended in with a bigger image. But yeah, it does a pretty good, it does a pretty good job for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, going back to our channel here, what is what have the boys at ARG Presents been up to this week? <clears throat> um, we, this week we took on uh, pinball, uh, and pinball of the late '90s to be exact. Not and a not an awesome time for the pinball industry. Well, in you know, one fellow did bring up that there was one one awesome machine that was released in '97, which was uh, Medieval Madness. Oh, uh, but didn't so, realize but that. I mean, okay. I'd say, and I and I knew that when it had been. I kind of looked over because it had been kind of done to death. I really wanted to cover. Uh, uh, Pin, uh, pinball 2000, mm-hmm. which was uh, pinball. It was Williams uh, WMS's last attempt to salvage the pinball industry before uh, it died, and uh, it started out well. Then it went south, and then it died uh, for Williams anyway. They stopped. They don't. They no longer make pinball machines. They make uh, you know like gambling stuff. Uh, but uh, it was still a fascinating technology, and Amiga was involved in the production of it. Like I mentioned last week, uh, when they made the prototype for uh, when uh, Pinball 2000, they used an Amiga 
as the computer that was rendering the images that they were you know, bouncing off the, uh, the pinball table. So it's kind of fascinating. I kind of enjoyed it. And I did Re Revenge for Mars, which was the very first Pinball 2000 machine. And then Brent uh, went ahead and did uh, Who Done It, uh, which is a, a machine that we actually we actually own. Yeah. And uh, uh, and so he he of course we have a pretty intimate experience with it. And Brent knew a bunch of it. I didn't know and I never heard. So I actually learned something just from sitting there. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, this week uh, we are going to be taking a look at. Uh, we spun the wheel. We made the deal, and this week it's a, it, the theme is fighting games. Any genre, I think we, I think I chose. I know I chose an arcade uh, fighting game, and Brent chose one that was on a console. It'll be a lot of fun, and, and I'm going to do a uh, just a small piece on the history of fighting games. Like what was the first one, you know, and some of the evolution. We're going to discuss some of the, as they evolve through the years. So it should be a lot of fun. Oh, sounds good. Sounds good. And finally, we have <clears throat> our boy Harry Gary Hucker, the Huck. Now, um, this was great, and I watched this, actually, I watched this at work, and, and you, you haven't seen it yet. I have seen not this seen yet. this yet. I watched this at work, and I was with my, you know, me and my buddy working in a shop, and so when Gary showed what was going on here, I, I was quizzing my buddy. I was, like, testing him. What do you think this could be? You know, and I had my theories, and Gary, being the bright lad that he is, he went through and did everything I would have done. I mean, almost to the letter. Uh, and, you know, lift, taking the thing off the shelf, insulating the shelf, lifting it up, the whole nine yards. And I, we both found it quite amusing that the culprit was this uh, big metal fan sitting up there <laughs> that was causing this interference. Uh, uh, very awesome. I really enjoyed that. I, I really enjoyed all of uh, Gary's videos about the uh, about that Amiga 2000. He's, uh, I, I like that stuff. I'm, I'm a big old geek, and so I enjoy it. And it was good. It was good stuff. Cool, cool. Well, that's going to wrap up our site news for this week. It's time to fire up the gamble train. It's time to not go to the Daily Mirror site for puzzles. Come on. <laughs> Don't people want to watch us play puzzles? What's wrong with you people? Uh, we're going to talk about Amiga News, Aaron. All right. Uh, as always, our news can be found over at uh, ggather.com. That's gather with two Gs slash boat of car slash amigos podcast it's a good gather it is yeah so um we're gonna start we're gonna kick things off with uh the rejuvenator update aaron you're the one that uh tipped me onto this so what can you tell us about what's new with the rejuvenator well you know I've, I've i'm not sure why i follow this i like i like uh the amiga love forums over there and the fellow over there is a real i find him a real, real nice friendly fellow and he's been spearheading this uh uh uh, this little project and he's got a group of guys that are trying to uh, basically reproduce this Amiga 1000 uh, uh, rejuvenator which is a uh, accelerator car that adds a bunch of extra stuff some uh, I think it had some interface ports for hard drives another reason for uh, following this project is that <laughs> friend of the show and patreon supporter Joe the zombie yep. is integral the, to the, project. the zombie man is a, is a big player in this. Uh, due to his circuit board, the circuit board action uh, that he there, because they're having to basically uh, remake the circuit board and try to figure out where everything goes. Right. I mean, this, I can tell you, is I have what I would call a modicum of knowledge with circuit boards, and this would this is no, this is a difficult task. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but the boys are up to the challenge, and they've, uh, and this this video in particular talks about how they've they found another rejuvenator, and they've been using it to pull chips off the, up to to check the, the board that they made that they think will run the rejuvenator stuff. 
It was interesting. He also talked about putting the uh, 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 the chip from the Amiga 3000 on here to, to give the uh, the uh, Amiga 1000. It was like two megs of, of chip memory. It was a real interesting tale. Uh, and it's not only is it interesting because it's an Amiga item, but it's just interesting uh, as a historical piece. And it's interesting to as to see the methodology used to to take a board that you know very little about and and the process you go to trying to figure out everything you can about it to try to replicate it. Mm -hmm. It's pretty interesting. Uh, especially, I mean, that's something you wouldn't think that a hobbyist group could do. You know, it takes very specific skills to, to, to do that sort of thing. And they're, and uh, you know, it looks like they're up to the challenge. They've made a lot of good headway. And it seems like maybe the next video we're going to see some real solid results. So I'm looking forward to that. Cool, cool. Um, little update on uh, our buddy 10-Minute Amiga Retrocast. He's got a new episode out talking about, we touched on this story last week, uh, about Amiga being bought out by uh, Cloanto, yeah. you know, the Amiga trademarks and everything. So if you're interested on his take within that unique 10-minute uh, time period, make sure you check it out. That video did real well for him, and I think he's already produced a rebuttal video for, for people that had comments about his first one. So. It's funny, uh, uh, just from reading some of the uh, uh, feedback and some stuff I've seen on Facebook. I mean, it really is a, I know this is a stunner, but this is a very polarizing event in the Amiga community. Absolutely. Just, just make a sample of that, me saying that, because, and I can understand why, uh, but uh, it's a done deal. And so we'll just see what, we'll just have to see what happens, you know, that's all you can do. I mean, is it, in the long run, is it probably better? It probably is, but we'll, you know, we won't know. Right, right. Not for now. Um, some sad news, uh, melancholy happy trails to uh, Amiga and St Atari ST programmer Steve Back. Uh, this comes to us from uh, the site Vintage is the New Old, one of our favorite go-to sites for retro news. Uh, he is a, uh, a veteran of the scene. Um, looks like that uh, he, he worked on James Pond 2, Robocod, and the Aquatic Games. Uh, Which we like both those. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> we like both those games. I thought James Pond 2 was actually a pretty uh, unique game. Yeah, yeah, and, absolutely. And Aquatic Games, just to have the guts to put that together, I can give the thumbs up to right there. We ought to play that again sometime. Yeah. I remember, remember having a lot of fun yeah, with that. Yeah, that. Was, it was interesting. So, uh, rest in peace, Steve Back. Uh, up next on the Amiga scene, uh, a little bit of local news. Uh, there is a uh, Southwest Amiga Group meeting coming up. It was just announced uh, on Saturday, the 18th of May. Uh, I like to uh, advertise uh, local Amiga events going on around the world, just in case listeners are in the area and they might not be aware of these guys. So th these guys are, um, I'm assuming that this is England. Uh, they're back at the Doddington Parish Hall with a very special sponsor. Uh, if you follow the Southwest Amiga Group on, um, oh yeah, it is because it's from a .uk uh, URL, uh, you can see um, more information about that. Hey, support your local Amiga user group. Damn straight. Up next, Aaron, you're going to love this because I know you're a fan of the um, the radio drama. That's true. I love it. You like the old uh, CBS Mystery Radio. Mystery Science Theater. Mystery Science Theater. <laughs> the CBS Radio Mystery Theater. Yes, I do. Uh, you know, all the old radio shows. Well, did you know, and, and I, I mostly included this because of this week's game, uh, this is a hat tip to uh, Erla over at the Amiga Ireland um, 
Facebook page, but there is a um, a radio drama based on the Elite Dangerous universe. Oh, neat! Yeah, yeah. Well, that is uh, that's very clever. And this thing is is fully voiced. You know the sound effects and everything uh, like that. Yeah. So uh, you I'm know, gonna, I'm gonna check the heck yeah, out of that. If, if uh, you know, I'm not really. I don't know too much about the Elite universe, but I'm down with any kind of new sci-fi radio drama. The funny thing about great. this radio play is it starts off with you blasting the space. Then there's 16 hours of nothing. <laughs> Just jumping from, yeah. from star to star. I, uh, you know, I do have a real soft spot for the classic uh, uh, radio show era. And you're talking in America and, well, I guess, abroad from, the say, the uh, Roy Mosley from, like, the 30s on, or well, the late 20s, I guess, or 30s, all the way up until uh, the 80s with the CBS Radio Mission. Now, still, there are still some people making them, but it's not like they're, you know, you know, I mean, the Twilight Zone also was released, but uh, I mean, I love the classic ones, The Whistler, uh, Escape. Uh, I like uh, uh, Mercury Theater. Uh, there's been so many good ones over the years. Suspense, of course. Uh, and uh, if you ever get a chance to just sit down and try some of those out, I mean, really, it's a great thing to drive around with or work by. You know, they're a lot of fun. So I like that. And one of these days, I'm going to do one, especially now that I've got all this equipment. I'm dying to actually make my own radio dramas. Oh, I'm gonna, man. I'm going to try that Wouldn't sometime. Wouldn't that be great? Man. X minus one. Ricky, I can tell Ricky DeRocher is a fan because he's named a couple here that I like. So great stuff. Um, up next, this comes to us from the one and only Pixels at Dawn. Uh, Mike Clark's Psygnosis Amiga 1200 is up for auction on eBay. And cheap. Yeah, so it has a couple days left, two hours, 22 minutes as the time of this recording. Um, it is currently listed for 260 pounds, which, I mean, that's cheaper than any Amiga 1200 sells for on eBay in America anytime. Uh, I doubt that it will stay that low for much longer. Yeah, I would say you're correct, um, this, given its, uh, its heritage. Yeah, this, this thing has, has been used in tons and tons and tons of games. Uh, and what I thought was interesting is he used this thing in developing tons of non-Amiga games. Yeah. Uh, Super Nintendo games, PlayStation games. So um, this Amiga had a much longer life than it did, you know, when it was actually, you know, in use as an Amiga as It's such. hard to believe that this was used. I mean, I'm not saying it didn't happen, but I'm looking over this list of stuff he's got on here, and the one that catches my eye is Mist for the PlayStation. That's Isn't that crazy? That would be remarkable if this was used to make mist and i'm looking i'm trying to see what the best game in this list is oh you're but, destruction derby 2 you love that game well, right? yeah but i mean we've got uh like wiz and liz which we i thought that was a really funny yeah. lemmings 2 which mm -hmm. was really good uh um you know lemmings paintball i don't think i ever played that one no. that sounds like a horrible idea <laughs> you know so there's a couple i mean so we know that some oh look he can brian sort of the add, lion on here he could also says he can sort of add wipe out 2097 to the list Right. Which is, that's now that's wacky. Yeah, and uh, this thing is it's still got the Psygnosis sticker on it that says, do not remove. You gotta have you that. Yeah, yeah. I suspect this will go for some dollars. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, next on the Amiga News docket, uh, Amiga Rama is back, our buddy Lofarius. This week he's checking out Midnight Resistance. Do you remember anything about Midnight Resistance? Vaguely. Yeah, me too. I went back because I knew that we did it on Amigos. This was that like that running gun sort yeah, of gimmick. Yeah, like a Rolling Thunder this sort of thing. This arcade. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is, uh, we covered it in Amigos 108. He's up to episode 68. So if you're looking for another Amiga podcast to listen to, check out Amiga Rama. It's hard to be is up to 68. That's Isn't incredible. That it just seems yeah. like he just started. He's I know. Up to 68. That's I know. incredible. Well done, dude. 
Uh, this next one, Aaron, I thought was really interesting. I, I got this off Twitter. Um, so this is uh, SlayRadio.org. The time has come to celebrate and acknowledge the remixers' work in the C64 and Amiga community by presenting the yearly ROTY Awards, as you voted by the users at Remix64.com. So this is uh, the, the best C64 and Amiga remixes of 2018. If you want to go over to Remix64.com, you can vote to listen to all of them. I'm sure there's some great remixes out there. Uh, this kind of dovetails into our mod talk uh, from the past couple weeks on that bassoon mod player. So uh, yeah, check that out. That's over on Remix64.com. And you can, yeah, that's that's kind of neat. Yeah, re, who knew that they'd be re... I never even thought about the fact that someone was... I mean, a lot of people were remixing these old... <laughs> Right, right. Um, and finally, this goes out to a uh, tip from Figgy CTZ. Hollywood 8, it's out now. This, of course, is the simulation where you play the steely-eyed judge from the British Bake Off, Paul Hollywood, in his quest for fame and glory. I love it. Yes. Um, I'm shaking nobody's hand. Nobody. <laughs> uh, Hollywood 8 is, a, is, I guess it's a development platform for the Amiga that you can use to develop applications for everything else. Uh, there's, I don't really know anything about this other than it was big news that it came out this week. Lots of people on EAB were talking about it. Um, and uh, if you are into product development on your Amiga software development, then check out Hollywood 8. We're not into that, are we? We are not into that at all. <laughs> <laughs> and that wraps it up. Busy week in news. You know, I'm always stunned at the amount of news in the Amiga, the Amiga world every, each and every week. It's funny because on ARG, every week I check and there are no new developments with, with any of the games. <laughs> <laughs> Newest development, it's still dead. <laughs> There's no uh, Fat Boy and Sparky, you know, remix coming out no, for iOS. That's, that's funny. When me and Bert were putting that show together, I was like, the number one thing on this show, there will be no news. Because it's just not worth trying to scrape anything right. together. All right, Aaron. It's time to descend into the depths of space. To descend. I like to descend. To descend space, space? Space is a 3D medium, man. You can ascend or descend. I'm ascending. Okay. You know, just like Firefly, man. That's the way I pictured myself this week when I was playing this game in the previous game. Blasting off. That's my show. Hey, it's, it's very similar in a lot of ways. Because much like Firefly, there was, several, there was an episode of Firefly called Out of Gas. Mm -hmm. And in that particular episode, they break, they, a part breaks and they have no air. And they're and it's slowly dying. But in this game, I was often out of gas. That happened quite a bit when, when I was playing this. <laughs> because I had no idea what I was doing for the longest time. Despite having played it for many years. So... Frontier 2. Now, I know we mentioned this last week, but I just want to get back to it. We, I pitched playing this game. It was early in our run, wasn't it, Bo? Mm -hmm. I mean, it would have been like probably the first 20 episodes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was like, Bo, we got to cover Elite 2, you know, Frontier. And he was like, and we were, and we, I think we even announced it. I bet someone could go back and find the episode where it was where it was announced that we were going to do that, and then we didn't do it. I we, remember we've it. We've a few times, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've announced it, was, it whenever, we're not doing that. It was almost like a running gag where, like, you're like, man, we're going to do Elite 2 next week, and I was like, man, I'm never going to play Elite 2. That sounds like a horrible idea. Well, the committee gave us uh, an extra couple, uh, extra like a month. They did. To come to grips with Frank, like, Frank, a lot of good that did me. But we, <laughs> you know, luckily I'd had a cup of coffee with it before. So, Frontier Elite 2. A, a, a seminal game, a top shelf uh, in the pantheon of Amiga games. This one's got to be, you know, in your Mount Rushmore of games, right? Do you think so? Well, I mean, if to the public, and we'll discuss our thoughts on it. But I mean, when you think of the big games on the Amiga, you know, and some of them aren't good. But I think of like you've got your Shadow of the Beast, you've got your Lemmings, uh, you've got of course Lionheart right in the middle. Then you've got 
elite two frontier is it would be up there. It's I mean I think it's that big a game. So this thing was released in '93. Now <coughs> I've never played this version, by the way. I did, I just played the normal straight up version, but they, they have an AGA version. Is that the one you played? Uh. I just played the uh, the. Uh, I don't ECA. think I. Oh, I wanted to play the same one I was familiar with. Yeah, I don't think I played the AGA um, version. The, they have uh, this now. This game shipped on with two discs. Now it's not a two disc game. The second disc has like basically save points on interesting places you can start in, and whatnot. Now, but so the entirety of this game is a it's a one disc game, which is absolutely remarkable. That this all fits on a single floppy disk. It's quite amazing. The chat questions the uh, the existence of the AGA. Version. Listen, it was listed on it was listed on uh, Lemon. It was also listed on uh, Hall of Light. So your mileage may vary. Uh, and uh, but it was listed. I didn't play it, but it was listed. Uh, anyway, published by Game Tech. Uh, Game Tech uh, has been around for they've been around a little while now. But the guy, the muscle behind this game. Uh, was David Brambin. Uh, I want to. I looked this guy up just because I wanted to get into him a little bit. We're gonna go ahead and jump right into him because he's he sort of he is the game. He's done some interesting stuff afterwards too. So um, amongst uh, Mr. Brambin's titles, you've got uh, Elite Two. Of course, you got Elite. You've got First Encounters, and you've got uh, 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 Elite Dangerous, which I, I have to say I've not played any of those. I've played the first two. You never played Elite Dangerous. I never did. No, the new, never the did. new one. No, I've not played. It. Okay. I've seen it played, right. but I've not played. It. Okay. Uh, and and it was kickstarted, and has done very well, uh, obviously, because you played you've played it quite a bit, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, he was behind that. Uh, of course, he's a he's a British fellow. He's also the founder. He's the CEO of Frontier Developments, which I guess is the outfit behind that. Uh, he is a. Uh, uh, pretty remarkable uh, guy from design point standpoint, uh, as we'll get into. That there are things that make this game even more amazing that are under the hood than possibly what you would see. Uh, but uh, this game has always been popular since the Elite debuted, and this guy has won like a million awards. His his games have been uh, 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 you know just beloved over the years, which makes me wonder why I never played. Okay, you got Elite, you got Elite Two, then you've got that uh, another one there that I never even heard of. Like I said, I, I they just didn't do any more on the Amiga, and I guess that's why I missed them. Uh, so uh, this guy has been he's been elected as a fellow of the Royal Academy of Engineering. No, no uh, small feat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Not too many game developers he, in, in that. In two thousand five, he received the Development Legend Award. That sounds pretty good. He uh, Tech Personality of the Year for two thousand thirteen. I mean, this, this guy's a stud. Uh, he's got the Bof, uh, the BAFTA Academy Fellowship Award in Video Gaming at the 11th British Academy Game Awards in 2015. Keep in mind, you notice these are these are current titles. It's not like all this stuff happened in the 80s or 90s. This guy's still getting a lot of press, and it's mostly because I'm assuming of his new Elite game, plus they're celebrating his old stuff. So he's a pretty big deal. Um, again... To the best of my knowledge, that this was this was an ECSOCS release, and also there was some sort of AGA version. And again, people don't know about. Yeah, it. the chat has confirmed that the AGA version is a pirated hack. Okay, there you go. Yeah, it's not um, listed on HOL. The uh, this is also converted over to the Atari ST and to DOS. Now, I actually spent a, uh, quite a bit of time playing this on DOS as well, and so I I, I can offer some insight there. Um, 
So, what is elite? It's really quite simple, isn't it, Boat? Yeah, you're you're a, you're a fellow who inherits a ship and a hundred credits, and you are basically given the universe. You can do whatever you want with your money, and you do whatever you want with your ship. The ship starts you out. Really, you can start in multiple places, but I usually start the default spot. Uh, and uh, when you are at a port or a dock, you have several options, uh, not the least of which is uh, upgrading your ship, uh, getting cargo, taking on jobs, uh, paying fines. That's another one you have to do some on occasion. And uh, once you take care of your business, oh, you know, also you can trade in goods, like almost like a stock market type thing where you can buy goods and just be a, a like a be someone that just uh, takes goods back and forth. A trader. That's right. Um, once you're done, you uh, can you. Blast off, you go to your map screen, figure out where you're going to go, take off. That's pretty much, I mean, if you want the short version, of that's that's what you do in the game. You can do these missions, you can do, uh, and you can just go out and trade back and forth. You know, there are military options, you can go down that route, you can, you can go out and just try to make money. That's the game. But the uh, uh, the game is more than just that simple description, isn't it, Boat? I mean... Uh, the the uh, the actual universe involved in this is unbelievably it's endless effectively. Uh, when you now you had you not played this before this go around right you never played right. It before so, so I I played Elite Dangerous uh-huh. and so can you compare how does that work having not played it versus this and did it prepare you in any way for what you were going to play here Oh absolutely mm-hmm. I feel like I was able to jump into this game much more quickly, which you'd never believe if you watched my first stream, because it, I was, it, I it, 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 today. it was rocky. But the, 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 the things that I was, the way that I was supposed to be conceptualizing the universe was so much more clear having played Elite Dangerous, because these two games are more alike than, than it may first appear if you just look at the, you know, the coat of paint on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when you pair it down, these two games are identical. I mean, really? um, yeah, the, 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 uh, you know, Elite Dangerous has added a lot of, um, you know, m- there's, a, there's a, a greater variety of uh, ways that you can influence the world around you mm-hmm. um, than Elite uh, 2 Frontier. But the core of the game, that is, do you want to explore, do you want to trade, do you want to mine, or do you want to blow up other ships? It's the same, it's the same deal. Um, the thing that has changed is that um, no matter what you do in Elite, the world itself doesn't change with you. You know, you don't really have the power to affect the galaxy on a large scale. Um, in Elite uh, Dangerous, you do. They've built that into the world because they can. Mm-hmm. You know, they, we, you start to run into the uh, you know the, the limitations of the system here. Um, but um, you know. Do you want to talk about some other? Because I've got a lot to say about this game. Well, just as a just to go into it briefly, this game's funny. The uh, uh, because there's a lot of un, I mean, there's a a, a a huge amount of unparalleled brilliance in the way this game is done. Uh, the physics, the uh, the way the universe moves, and gravities work. Uh, it's all incredibly realistic. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's totally remarkable that they could put this kind of math together to make all this stuff work. I mean, you can orbit stuff. You can, you, you know, there's, there are uh, poles 
on the, on on your ship, the way you can do stuff. You can you can make this game as simple as you can or as complicated as you want. I mean, it's one of those games that lets you you can make it however you want. Uh, the uh, the universe is basically uh, for, for, uh, once you get past little Corey, it's basically uh, procedurally generated. Did you know that? It's just like what's that new game that came out a couple years ago that was using that sort of same uh, generation that sort of flopped. I can't remember the name. Oh, of No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky. And so, uh, uh, I mean, the, the the game is effectively infinite. I mean, it, that's amazing in itself. Uh, and and you can just go out like the boat said. You can you can work for the government, or you can uh, or there's two governments actually. You can act, or you can just be a trader and just work on your you know amassing wealth. Uh, you know it's the it's the year 3200, and basically the guy, your guy is the grandchild of a guy named Commander Jameson. That's the guy's name. I couldn't remember. And you get this money. So really, the sky's the limit of what you can do. Now, with all that said, uh, you've got this expansive universe. This game is incredibly unforgiving. Uh, it does not hold your hand, not at any point. Uh, there's no, there's nothing close to like uh, uh, any sort of help or like a, a, um, a, you can't take a mulligan. You know, if you run out of fuel somewhere, you're boned, mm -hmm. basically. Uh, if you, you can do something as simple as I'm fooling with the interface to try to set my map up and I accidentally fire my lasers. Your bone. Right. It's over. Uh, you know, or I take off without asking for permission. Mm -hmm. You're you're paying. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, there's a fine. I mean, so some of that realism is cool, but some of it can make you want to die. Mm -hmm. I watch. I, like I said, I rewatched your very first attempt at this just today because I, I enjoyed it so much, and I wanted to see if you were having the same troubles that I had had. And as brilliant as this game is, and trust me, I'm not taking anything away from it, but I mean, there are there are some things I don't like. And one of the things I absolutely cannot stand is is the inter the map interface. It it is needlessly difficult to use. Now I don't mean the way the map scrolls or the way the map looks. I'm talking about choosing things. It's very difficult to know if you've chosen something. Is it locked in? I'm not sure. You know, uh, I, and I noticed you had a very similar problem. Mm -hmm. And it's not just your first time out. It, it's a it's just a problem that I had trouble overcoming because every time I would I would end up flying to the wrong place or I would get you know I would be lost and then in this game there is no second chance so your game is screwed if you if you if you mess up you you you've blown your game and then it's tough if you've amassed any sort of money or you're getting a good groove to uh, to uh, come back I mean you're basically screwed it's 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 that was frustrating it's a frustrating game to that in my opinion. Um, Something else that I had problems with is uh, amongst the other things that are that are uh, uh, amongst the other uh, things that are realistic is uh, you know supposedly this would be a realistic simulation of of space combat right I sucked at space combat it was it's I, I don't know how you did it well you, you 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 have to learn how to do it it was well and, I, and that, I, it, it, I mean everything in this game like you said mm -hmm. there's nothing holding your hand and there's a specific way that you have to do it to be able to do it well um, that I'm going to tell anybody that's out there that has not played elite 2 
that um, that wants to get into it, the very first thing you need to do is get on YouTube and go to Jim Plays Games. That's the name of the channel. This guy does a series of seven Elite Two tutorials uh, yep. that are fan freaking tastic. Yeah, I watched I watched two of those. Yeah, um, it's he, a lot, he, it, he takes you through all the different systems. You know, he takes you through combat, everything. And when you get done, you're like, oh. Well, that would have never been clear to me by, you know, like in combat, it's like the first thing you should do is kill your engine. You know, it's like, well, that, how, you know, that, if I was really engaged in space combat, that wouldn't have occurred to me. Right. And then uh, uh, something as simple as like uh, uh, pulling up your landing gear, stuff like that. It's easy to miss stuff. It's easy to take off without asking for permission. I did it a bunch of times because you don't, you're doing so much other stuff, you don't think about it. Um, this game is funny too because you can sort of remember that game that came out. It's still out there. It came out a few years ago. And it was a, it was very similar to this. It was an online, multi, massively multiplayer game. Are you uh, talking about Eve? Eve, absolutely. Mm -hmm. They're very similar. Clearly, uh, you know. Uh, I, well, no. Uh, and, 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 let me finish. And the one aspect that they're similar to me is you can get it, in this game. You've got time compression. Okay, and what you got to use right because otherwise they'll take you forever but sometimes i would be paranoid because i was going to screw something so i wouldn't use it full so i would sit there for a long time waiting to get somewhere mm -hmm. and so much like eve when i played that it would uh, that was very similar it would take you a while for oh things yeah to happen i think part of the um and i agree with you i i think part of the charm slash annoyance of games like this is it's a it's a, the, the simulation component and space is full of empty space. Right, and know? so what's funny about it is that both games, I could do other things while I was playing. Right. And I often did. I remember <laughs> um, I remember Brent, your brother, uh, posted a screenshot of him playing Elite um, with a tablet in front of the monitor watching Netflix as he yeah. was traveling. And I was like, at what point does this stop being a game? And be, you know, it's- I asked him, because I played E for just not very long. But I remember it. He was like, "Yeah, this. You get to these parts where you don't do anything. So they built up. They put a built-in browser in here. It's like, yeah, hmm, right. Why would you do that? Right. You, you know, <laughs> it doesn't sound right. Uh, but and this game has a lot. You know, a lot of that. Now, there's a, like Boat said. When I first played this game, I was really into it because you really there were no games that you felt like. I used to love Star Trek, the original Star Trek, mm -hmm. and they would explore all these galaxies. Now. You weren't, it wasn't Star Trek, you're not going to beam down in a way part of an alien land, but you are visiting different places, and the illusion was there, and it was fun, and the game was so realistic, you really sort of felt like, it's. It, in some ways it reminds me of some of the games we've talked about on the show, that just give you that little taste of freedom that you weren't, you weren't used to back in the day. What game were we talking about? Just any game that oh okay this not not a specific Star like, Trek game that, that you're talking about no no I'm saying any game that gave you because you're used to a pretty rigid play field sure. at this time right and all of a sudden here comes a game that goes here do go wherever you want mm -hmm. and there's a lot of charm to that oh yeah and the, and there's a lot of brilliance to it and it's a fair game it's cold it's cruel but fair just like the DDT so uh, I'm not gonna complain too much but I mean I, it's 2019 and the interface. Uh, could use an update, and that's that was one of my biggest gripes. And if I wish it, uh, uh, some of me wishes it wasn't so brutal. And I, I don't think the combat, and maybe you can tell me this, since you're better at it than me, the combat and stuff. Is it does it get more fun for you later on? I just didn't find that. 
well, combat much fun at all. Yeah, the, the combat, it, it, it suffers. Um, it is definitely, that is one of the things on Elite Dangerous that's a million, million times better. Um, but you're limited by what you can do in combat because of something that we haven't touched on yet, but is probably the most defining feature of this game versus Elite Dangerous. Mm -hmm. And that is the entire game is controlled with the mouse. Yeah. Um, that you know, Elite Dangerous is famous for people building these whole HOTAS systems where you've got your throttle and your gears and your rudder pedals and everything and you're going to town. This game, you're, you're moving, you, you right click, you hold down right click and you move and yep. you're moving. Um, this is a positive and a negative. Yep. Um, and one of the things, it's, it's hard to really dogfight uh, with, with just the mouse. Especially when you're trying to do stuff with the keyboard at mm -hmm. the same time. Yeah. You know, it's a real... Yes, I agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah, so the, the, you know, it's it, I think that that's the, the the main problem with the combat. The combat basically boils itself down to you find somebody that you know is wanted or whatever. You pull up to their general direction. Uh, you you kill your engines and you basically wait for them to fly by you. And as they fly by you, you target uh, them and you shoot them. Oh, see, that's, I, I, most of the time I, I never actually went after people. I was just repeatedly attacked. <laughs> that's what and it was. You know, and and, and that if was frustrating. you if you don't again. If, 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 if you watch the Jim Plays Games tutorial, he explains that if you try and, and, uh, and venture out into certain sectors of space right off the bat, you're going to die 100% of the time because the starting weapon that they give you is incredibly useless. In fact, the, you know, the first thing that he suggests is that you build up your finances by immediately selling your weapons and getting freeing up more cargo space and traveling in this sector that is guaranteed that you're not going to get attacked. In. I actually did sell the laser and, and a couple tries to see what you know what, if it would help mm -hmm. uh, because I mean you got you you scratch and claw early on to to uh, at least I did to obtain enough money to get to any to get any sort of extra stuff right and you know again knowing this is just another one of those things knowing the best the best things to buy and sell in that first you know Bernard star and soul and going yeah. back and forth um, oh, yeah. that's that's the that's the I key um, you know I, I built up quite a bit of wealth before I discovered elites incremental save system um, and uh, I I got blown up and I went to load my game, and I hit the save key instead of the load key, and overwrote my last my oh, last game. I did that live on air, by the way, uh, on the stream. So any, anyone is welcome to. And for about five minutes afterwards, I was just I just sat there. I didn't do anything. That's why it's so. time. To, that's when you hit to stop the stream for the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah you otherwise, just hang you can throw up. the thing off. You know. Um, now, hey, when you so you this is the first time you'd ever played this particular version. Mm -hmm. You've not seen the PC or the SD. That's correct. I had a chance to, uh, you know, I've, and I've told Bud about this, I'm working on this like all-encompassing classic DOS front end. And one of the things that I had on there was it was uh, Frontier. And of course, I don't have an Amiga where I'm at work, so at lunchtime I would load up uh, Frontier and play it on the PC version. And I can tell you that the PC version um, visually is very, very similar. Uh, to the Amiga version, but one place it lags way, way, way behind is the sound. Really, the music, the, the music on the PC version is just the dirt works ad lib mm. crapola, mm -hmm. and the music on the PC version. First of all, they picked the right pieces. These cl these uh, classical pieces oh, that yeah. fit, the, fit the mood. Well, you know? it's, you've got the you've got the the two thousand one you know the Strauss uh, and, waltz and like there. The Night on and, yeah, Night on Ball Mountain. It's it's great. When you come out of like uh, going when you come out of going to warp or whatever, and you, and 
you're, and it plays, there's a cool tune playing, mm -hmm. you know, or you come, and sometimes you'll encounter something. It's like coming back from a commercial on Star Trek, you know, it just, yeah. And it's, it's uh, uh, it really fires you up. And and the music on the Amigos, I mean, it's, is this the end-all, be-all great versions of these tunes? No, but it, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. Mm -hmm. And it fits the mood. Uh, perfectly, like I said, the 2001 stuff. I mean, that's, you know, when you're going, when you're landing at a, at a space station, perfect. Yeah, perfect. Here's you know? another thing that I thought was interesting. Um, in Elite Two, uh, you are equipped with the docking computer right off the bat. Um, and in Elite Dangerous, docking is pretty much the hardest thing in the galaxy. <laughs> um, and, and so um, it, it was interesting that they made that call. It's almost like they they saw how much of a sim frontier was and with elite dangerous they're like let's make it even more of a sim and even less of a game mm. because when elite dangerous launched it didn't have any of the atmosphere that elite 2 had frontier first of all frontier still does some things better than elite dangerous for example um, you know in frontier sometimes you'll land on a planet and it'll be this lush green landscape you know with purple and all kinds of different colors everything in elite is brown and orange and black really yeah do they have like the like sometimes you'll see like the power plants no you don't eat, I mean you do see, you see that with with the later releases of elite yeah. they have improved I'm talking about when elite dangerous launched when I first oh, started I playing so it they've evolved yeah um, another thing like when you went and you docked on a space station you know how you see the picture of the person that's there yeah elite dangerous nothing just a wall of text you know, they didn't think, they were like, people must, they must have not thought that, you know, people wanted an actual game. They and just wanted, you know. It's funny to look at the different people and their names. Oh, and yeah, and they've got crazy hats, you I know. I saw, uh, uh, gosh, I saw there's like, like a, a Gorbachev-looking guy, and they've got, yeah, it's it's wacky. I like the bulletin board. It's always interesting. Mm -hmm. I like the, the uh, they added some, uh, I'm not going to say role-playing elements, but it, they give you a choice when you're trying to negotiate missions. Right. Which is, it makes it, it's probably fake fun or pseudo, but it's still fun. Yeah, and that was... And you an, get a ton of choices, right. like, you know, you can you can pick from. And that was another thing that Elite Dangerous didn't give you. You got accept and decline. That's, and that was yeah. it. Well, I mean, so, it is a it is continually being upgraded. Right, now, right, so. when I went back to it, um, the game has improved massively. For uh -huh. Like I said, they've added all of these different factions where you can affect things that happen on the larger the larger scale. Uh, you can land on planets now. You can drive around in a little uh, like rover-type device. Oh, that's pretty but neat. But they still have not given you planets. The, no planets have an environment. So you, everything when you land on a planet is just like driving around Mars. So that kind of yeah. stinks. But um, the, the game has gotten better, and I... I you know, as as much as as Elite Dangerous isn't uh, you know a fantastic best game ever game, I highly recommend it to anybody that's even a little bit interested in space exploration games. I've certainly played probably a hundred hours of mm -hmm. it, and uh, I know your brother's played tons more than I have, and and, and he likes it. And so, uh, it's a it's a great game. If you've got to have a beefy system. You're not going to get by with uh, with the integrated graphics on Elite Dangerous. You've got to have you know a dedicated video card and stuff like that. But if you've got the jack, then uh, it's definitely worth checking out, especially because it's on sale all the time too. Well, let me ask you a question. Getting back to Frontier, another frustration I had was targeting. Uh, it's certainly not that in intuitive, especially when again when I was being attacked or there were multiple targets. On the screen. Did you? Is that just me? Did you have any targeting issues? Uh, um. Well. With, I mean, I always just assumed that targeting an enemy ship was part of a challenge. Uh huh. You know. Oh, um, okay. Well, that because because I mean, you're when you're flying around and something's attacking, for example, just to target it is a, right. You're right. It's like a it's like a, a pixel perfect. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, 
game where you're just trying to get the mouse in the right, and it's everything's and it's sometimes, especially if there's multiple things in the in the on the screen. I always I've had, I had real trouble with that. Also, and I remember this from playing this way back in the day. Maybe somebody in the in the chat can tell me, uh, call me a liar or not, but I vaguely recall this, and I and I I've had it happen to me where the uh, the uh, the auto computer the autopilot botches stuff. Oh, yeah. Have that happen to any... Yeah, like if you run, if you, what it, again, you know, so much of my knowledge comes from that YouTube series, but he says that if, if you run it within these certain parameters at these certain times, it's almost guaranteed you're going to run into the planet and explode. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. You're making me feel better about, uh, better about it. So, I want, just to get into what I did when I played, I almost always just stuck to simple, being a simple trader. And, and usually in, in stuff, uh, that I got at the market. I did I did some missions, but you know, early on it's hard to do hardly any missions. You can take a package or something, but you can't do you don't have cargo base to do anything really exactly. Cool. Yeah. How, I, did you get your ship beefed up or get a new ship? And how far into that did you get? So you know, I the problem was is that you know I played this multiple times and I I kept having different ideas on what I'd want to do. Yeah. This may shock you, but I have a hard time sticking to one thing and staying with it. So sh your ships are like the other things you buy. <laughs> you buy <laughs> Buy them and sell them the next day. Right. I don't want this. Right. Um, and one of the main complaints I have with, with this game is that it takes you forever to get to the point where you can start making those decisions because your first you know hour of play, at least, is just going to be making simple runs just to build up enough money to have some kind of choice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It took me longer than an hour. It would take me... I mean... And like I said, if you, if you don't be careful on the map screen stuff, too, you can really... You can just drive yourself out and... And that would interrupt I me. Mean, there was, like I said, the flow of the game. I mean, this is one of those games, like, you can see where someone would buy this with their however much it cost back in the day, and they could obsess over it because oh, it was yeah. such a huge game. And but in a modern f way where I can't play it hour after hour after hour and mm -hmm. obsess over it and get super great at it, it's, it's a much more difficult task to be, become good at it. Right, right. You know? And, you know, the, the things that, that keep you going in Elite Dangerous, for example, like the community aspect, uh, having other people that are playing with you in, in real time, you know, stuff like that, that's not there in, in, in Frontier. Right. Um, God, can you imagine that? Oh, yeah. But then again, you would go for a lifetime without ever seeing them. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know. It's, it's funny, um, but I think that on the whole, this is a you know this is probably one of my top ten games on the Amiga. Really? I, I have to say it's right up your alley too. Um, isn't it? Yeah, I mean I, I like space exploration. Um, I like simulation type games. It could do with you know I've always said probably because I heard somebody else say it is if they could figure uh -huh. out a way to combine Wing Commander and Elite together, you know, take the gamey aspects of Wing Commander and the simulation aspects of Elite and put it together, you'd have the best game ever. Well, and they still haven't done it 20 years on. I will say, uh, and it's funny, because we talked about this briefly in uh, our 30 games of the PC Mini we demand they have. When we talked, when we discussed Descent, do you remember Descent? Mm -hmm. They released a game called Descent Free Space, which was a sort of a hybrid between a Wing Commander type game and, and Descent. Which this game sort of reminds me of, uh, not it, the, the gameplay is not like the same, but it's a it's a really radical engine that was really incredible, and and, and this game was sort of that's what what you just described that's what the uh, uh, Scent Free Space sort of reminded me of. It's sort of a, a, a hybrid of both. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. I like a more if we're, just because of, the, of my limited time, I like a more action mission oriented thing uh, that I could do. Uh, but that doesn't diminish the awesomeness of this because. 
this is a, this is a game which, frankly, it was built for people that aren't me now because that. And, but younger me, I did play this a lot back in, in in when I first got my Amiga, and I thought it was awesome. You just have to have the patience and the time to mess with it. And once you get good at it, I know people are excellent at this game and can really get the big massive ships and and do stuff that I never. I mean, there are tons of aspects of this game that I've never even come close to getting the new just because I never got good enough or got enough money to even to go down that road. And it, that's kind of depressing, but you know, it's still. It's a it's an achievement. It's an incredible achievement. If anything, just from a programming perspective, that this thing could be done on put on a disc like that. And I've read that that whole file, the whole game, like takes up like 400k or some it's, ridiculous yeah, amount. Yeah. It's quite it's quite a remarkable uh, uh, achievement. Like if you if you had to guess, you know, it's like is Elite Two or Monkey Island? Which one comes on 11 discs? You know, I'd say oh, Elite Two definitely. It's so huge, but you know, it's, yeah, just, it's it, a weird it, thing. It, it, it's, it is truly amazing. In fact, just to dovetail that, uh, Braven, when he did this, it was it said that he did uh, did this game in uh, sixty eight thousand assembly language in two hundred fifty thousand lines of code, and uh, one of the reasons it's so small is just the way he programmed it, which apparently is quite a difficult way to do things. Uh, I'm not, as you know, I'm not a programmer, but let's break down the the assembly language <laughs> well, real I quick. I think it's I think it's <laughs> neat that a guy he said he just took and was just. He was just good enough to do it. Oh, I sure. Mean, that's just, he I'm is sure that he's good. Legit genius. You know, it, it's it's quite remarkable. Um, so the website uh, for Frontier, the official website, uh, which uh, this documented quoting from, says that they the uh, sales of this were about five hundred thousand copies when it came out. I'm guessing that's across all the different platforms. And uh, Braben says, which I, I love this, they had to add this, that he received royalties for 350,000 copies. So <laughs> he sort of, sounds like he kind of got screwed there on hey, that one. A programmer getting screwed on royalties? Yeah, I, I know, can't believe I know, it. I know, I know, it's amazing. So um, I looked up, you know, as we always do, I looked up some reviews on this, and guess what? There were more reviews for this than any game we've ever looked at, uh, easily. Uh, I'm not going to go through all of them, but all the usual culprits uh, rate this game in the 90s except for Amiga Power in December of 93, get a 65. Now, I don't know what was going on there. And uh, Amiga Computing in 97, so this would be several years later, give it an 85. Mm. Everyone else in the in the 90s, I mean, this is easily, by far, the most highly regarded game we've ever looked at, I'd say, without any doubt. Uh, I looked this thing up on eBay, and believe it or not, of course, there were no copies in the States. There's never copies of anything here. Uh, but uh, for between twelve and twenty-five bucks, you can get you a box copy. That's of, not of bad. This. That's I will bad. say one thing in closing. Uh, I had a copy of the manual, and I was uh, leafing through it as I was playing. It didn't help that much. <laughs> did you? Did you look through it? it well, just wasn't, I didn't think it was. I would. I'd like to have had like you know, what I need is like one of those uh, gimmicks you put over the keyboard. Right. That would be great. Yeah, well, the the best thing is on um, Lemon. They have a one page a one pager. You oh, know, yeah? that's just got all the keyboard shortcuts on yeah, there. Yeah, that I could have used because I kept um, forgetting them. But again, once you start playing and you, you understand what the F keys all do, yeah. it's pretty much all there. Just the learning curve is just crazy. It it's a crazy a learning curve. Yeah. <laughs> help, yeah. Me, help me, computer. Yeah. <laughs> and so luckily, you know, I was playing on the stream with people that knew what they were doing. Yeah. Ricky Drosher is an elite master. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, he was talking about a Wing Commander. In fact, on the chat right now, he's talking about a mix between Elite and Wing Commander. I guess there was a Wing Commander Privateer. Did yeah. you ever play that? I have played okay. that, but it's, I mean, that's forever ago. Actually, mm. it's amongst the games on my little DOS front end, so I may have to fire that one back up. 
you know, Wing Commander, the engine on that could not touch this one. I mean, they're, they're out, the engine on this is so impressive that I, it, it literally doesn't seem like it could exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was a game, I told you, I mentioned this on the uh, PC mini game show too. When I first saw Doom, right, I didn't think that that could exist given what modern hardware had shown me, mm-hmm. right? This game was, I remember being amazed at this. We, should, we, we should can't leave without mentioning the incredible intro. Uh, this game has an unbelievably legendary intro mm-hmm. of your ship. You know, launching, flying through space, landing, uh, at- attacking these marauding pirate ships, and, and it's got this music that plays. The logo comes up and spins in three. It's one. I mean, everyone's had to have seen this. If you haven't, go watch it now. And it literally is the. Uh, it's sort of the benchmark for all accelerators and memory upgrades for all the time. Right. I mean, this right. is what you load up. Let's see how the opening runs, and you'll load it up, and you'll see how it works. And because this game can be pretty uh, slow on a slower machine and on a better machine you'll get better performance. I mean mm-hmm. it's a pretty simple fact. Is it playable on the older machines? Yeah, but is it more playable in the newer ones? Absolutely. You know, so the entrance to this is is top shelf, one of the all-time greats. Now, we did get some uh, user reviews uh, on our Discord uh, channel this week. Uh, Chris Folds says um, a genre-defining gaming moment that I feel privileged to have experienced at the time. Epic score, stunning for the day graphics, and an incredible level of detail. A true classic, 10 out of 10. Chris Folds loves this game. Uh-huh. Uh, Graham Vebke says, uh, a very fast and open space trading, exploring mining game with lots of characters and missions. Good for longevity, but at times become tedious. Yeah. The 3D graphics were groundbreaking at the time, but it's the combat that was ultimately not very exciting to me. 8 out of 10. Yeah. Um, Figgy CTZ says, okay game, amazing intro music. (laughs) Matthew Perron, he says, uh, reading the manual on this one is an absolute must, and I got lost in all the keys. Badass intro with top-notch animation, though. Incoming missile simulator, four out of ten. That is a, (laughs) particularly when you uh, fire those lasers in port. Uh, Mm -hmm. I saw that message many times. Mm Mm-hmm. Pixels at Dawn, finally, he says, an amazing open game giving a real feeling of living in space with amazing graphics and a killer soundtrack. Unfortunately, on OCS ECS system, it runs like a dog, but still, that yep. first time you dock is unforgettable. Eight out of ten. Yeah, that it is It is quite remarkable. It's a beautiful graphic, too, it's, and with some flashing lights and yeah. spinning. It's quite amazing. Yeah, so uh, thank you guys for posting those reviews. As always, uh, Patreon supporters get access to our Discord channel where you can post reviews and talk about the game and talk about all the other random nonsense we talk about on there all the yeah. time. Yeah, so we got some feedback last week, Aaron. Okay. Feedback from none other than Pac Billy. <laughs> Good old Pac Billy. <laughs> That's right. Uh, he says, hey, thanks for the shout out. I've been an Amigos fan since the early days. Before the random stuff you guys talked about was broken off into insert disc two. My ritual in those days was to pick up some Taco Bell and listen to you guys while I enjoyed some lovely Mexi melts. Yeah, I like that. He says, I even remember which Taco Bell I went to for your first anniversary special. (laughs) I'm so glad that we're part of people's lives in this way. Yeah. Um, And somehow I remember that for the Micro League Wrestling episode, I broke with tradition and went to Zaxby's instead. (laughs) These days I'm off the Mexi Melt. It's probably a good move. But I'm still an avid listener. 
Uh, Aaron might have recognized my name because I was the guy who told him that the NTSC version of Great Quartz 2 was Pro Tennis Tour 2. Yes. I do remember. <laughs> I've also had the occasion to give him a hard time for referring to the Specky as the ZX Spectrum. We wouldn't expect Brits to pronounce the band from Texas as ZZ Top. He's got a point there. Listen, we had the Spectrum here too. I can pronounce it. I can pronounce it. I could call it the Timex, the British version of the Timex Sinclair. We'll you could, but you'd be killed immediately. <laughs> I would so, deserve it too. He says, anyway, you guys are tied with Eaten by a Groove for my favorite podcast. You'd beat them hands down if Aaron would say ZX Spectrum just once. Seriously, though, keep up the great work. What is the other podcast called? Eaten by a Gru. What's that mean? Gru is that guy that's on all my kids' t-shirts, right? Gru? Is that the little, like, barbarian guy? Isn't he the guy in the comic books? He's a, like, a little barbarian. It's not the same guy back when I was a young guy, was it? Who's the guy that's, like, the wood guy that's in the, the comic movies? The wood guy? Yeah. You mean Groot? Oh, Okay, I've um, oh, never mind. Man, he's done it again, folks. Man, you what's the opposite of pop culture knowledge? Whatever that is, you've got it. You got you don't you are an oblivious man. I, okay. Your All kids right. wear a bunch of t-shirts with Groot on it. Yeah, man. Groot's just a little a little tree. He, you're right. You know that's what he is. Just to break away for a minute, but I never thought in my life that Guardians of the Galaxy would be a big deal. That comic book never did a darn thing for me back in the day. So how they've and Groot, Groot's one of the most uninteresting characters I've ever seen. He's a little, how did he become popular? I don't know, but that he is. That is a testament to screenwriting and and production that they got that movie over and they got that tree man over. It's a remarkable achievement. <laughs> who is? I mean, you wouldn't. You would. I mean, who would you put over over Groot? You mean or <laughs> Rocket Raccoon is more interesting? You than think? Groot. You think that he's 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 a raccoon, a talking raccoon with a gun. That's true. That's Groot true. only says, I am Groot. That's all I can say. You realize that, Is that right? true? Yes. Mm. Um, Ludacris. We got an iTunes review, Aaron. Ludacris. For, formerly leading the show. I wasn't going to say <laughs> The iTunes reviews. Um, that, re that was the wacky format right there. This review, is start, this review, the subject line is, keeps my husband quiet. <laughs> uh, it's posted by NatB423 from the UK. She says, I love this podcast as it keeps my husband quiet during car rides, which is perfect. That's it? That's it. How many stars do we get? That's a five-star review right there. Well, you know, hey, hubby, just keep it. Listen, that's a good deal for him. His wife's happy. He's happy. It's a win-win. We're all about the win-win on that's Amigos. That's right. You know, you know, I like the fact that, hey, that probably is our first chick uh, iTunes review. Now, her name, I want to say it's a girl because Nat B, I was thinking Natalie. Yeah. If, it, if it's a dude, all right. Could be a fan of, uh, you know, natural light. True. You know? I, I mean, like, I maybe, can't. Maybe they're, uh, maybe they're a same-sex couple and he's a, and one likes Nat White and one likes me good. I, you know what I always preferred back in the day uh, was, the, was the Keystone light. Um, Keystone was more expensive, though. Yeah. Natty was the, that was the, that was the bottom of the barrel. Did Keystone come in like a special bottle or something? No, wasn't there, just wasn't a there, normal bottle. They had bottle. a gimmick. It was the Never Bitter Beer Face. Yeah, Remember that campaign? Yeah, I, yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> Um, speaking of our Patreon song last week, Aaron. Yeah, the less said about that, the better. So uh, we, we did have some winners. Last week's song was I'm Gonna Be, which is everyone knows is the I'm Gonna Walk 500 Miles song. 
by the Proclaimers. You know, I saw the Proclaimers recently, not in person, but well, on ask, YouTube. Asking if you wanted fries with your shake. The Proclaimers are quite old now. I oh, think the, no. the Proclaimers were quite old then, and now they appear to be in their mid-70s. It's, it's, it's a, they're, they're quite gray. Did they have any more songs than the one? Uh, that was the only one that I knew. You saw the Proclaimers where? On YouTube. Oh, I thought you saw, actually physically oh, saw them. Like, maybe boy, they were in Amiga, Ireland. It would have been great if they were hanging around Hurricane, you know, just on the Can street corner. imagine? <laughs> Just playing that song on loop. <laughs> they've probably got a lot of mileage out of that song, you know. Did, now, which one did they do? The uh, is that oh, the Wood Walk? Yeah. Fun? yeah. I get that one confused with the I get not. I was. Down. I knew you would. I was the, thinking you were going to say that. <laughs> they both have. They both those bands. They had. To, I mean, I'm sure the thing is they're probably every time we are at work and we listen to this song, it's like oh, I've heard of that song. It's the only song you ever had. We look it up. They're multi Grammy winners. Right. Like we looked up like Freddie Fender because I know he used to play at Cannon Park. This guy's like he's in the Music Hall of Fame. <laughs> like he's, he has all this crap. Like I can't believe. That. Well, it's funny too because sometimes um, bands that are not big here are huge in Europe. Like um, you know UB40. Do you remember them? I hated them. Right. Hated. Well, they they only had one song here, which was the cover of that Elvis song. Yeah. Wise men. No, they had Red Red Wine. Wasn't that? Oh them? yeah, that was red, them too. Red Red Wine. Hated that. But song. anyway, huge also, uh, in England. Yeah. Huge. Well, I hated them. They took reggae and then made me want to die. <laughs> Sounds like a pretty good deal. I mean, if you're a fan of them, I don't have a problem with you, but I, I didn't like them. I literally, Red Red Wine is one of my all-time least favorite songs. <laughs> I don't think they even wrote that either. I think that that was Listen, a... Listen, I don't know what was going on there. there was, everybody went to that reggae phase where it was like... You no, know, it was, what do you think about Madness? I like Madness. I love See, Madness. because they took reggae. Did they not make you want to die? No, their songs were better. Mm. It's okay if you do something good with it. It's just like anything else. Don't botch it. That's yeah. all I want. That's you know? true. I hated UB40. Of all the bands to talk about. <laughs> um, so, uh, anyway, the winners of last week's Patreon Song Contest. Paul Harrington, Pixels at Dawn, Terry Howard, making her debut. Uh, Terry got debut, that Yeah, winning. Pac-Billy, of course. Pac-Billy, friend of Jim Plays Games. Hey, Pac-Billy, if you hear this, tell Jim Plays Games to give me a shout. Uh, I want to get in touch with him and thank him for uh, making that series. Both Jim can play games. Yeah. It's a duo. It's a duo. Matthew Perron also got this one right. And two late submissions. They came in literally as after we started the show. Gary Hucker and Jeff Dorsey. Just so. under the wire. Yeah. Madness was Scott. I don't. Right. I don't think. Bunker, dunker, no, dunker, they, were like, they were the poster boys for Scott. Scott is like fast. Madness was fast. No, they were slow. I will not. I will not hear any bad mouthing of Madness in right. this room. They've got that 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 cover with they're all like standing behind each other. They were staples on the young ones as well. Mm, mm. You haven't seen that. Um, so this week, Aaron, uh, I've got a, a new song. Okay. I've got it on my paper here. Uh, if you know this song, uh, you can email me at john at amigospodcast.com. So your paper says this song on My it? paper says the song, because sometimes I forget the song. You were your kid. I mean, that happened to always, but then you switch songs. In between yeah, some, songs. sometimes I'll have a song picked out, and then at the last minute I'll be like, it's not going to work. So there's no arrangement on here, no musical notes. This no, is just, I've got two. the I've, name I, I, of the yeah, song. Yeah. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Okay. Counting virtual sheep, Bernard Quinn. Retroman, Cave, Tim, Drew, Daniel Williams, Simon Rose, Joseph Harrison, Kyler, Edda Rob O'Hara, Howard Nims, Matthew Larimore, Andy Craig, Sean Darren Lomax, Colin 419, Bark Bid, Roland Burke. 
Andrew Monks, Joe the Zombie, John Cook, Dan Ross, Leif Kaland, Alan Kabam, Chico De Level, Lord John Marshall, Matthew Perron, Ricky DeRocha, Creepy Dead Boy, Thiggy CTZ. The Slow Norse, Stefan Sorgord Martinson, Edvin Helen Blindo 75, Christopher Hassel, Ravi Abbott, Chris Foles, Dreamcatcher, Lauren Giroux, Graham Webb, Kebrin, Daddy Lane Denson, Adam Battersby, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Gary Huckersee, Brian Jones, Paul Harrington. Duncan Styles, Alan Kebab, Anthony Jarvis. Tapes from the Crib, Josh Nan, Adam Bradley. Jonas Rule, THE, Eric Nelson. Kim Tommy Humberstad, Daniel Bingston. Brutal Barracuda, Darren Coles, Jason Warns, Pixels at Dawn, and Kilbjorn Barman. You cut your phone in that last part. I didn't phone it in. Phone that in. Now let me ask you: you you are a band director. Right? I am. Now, do you direct a choir or, or chorus of any sort? Uh, I, not currently. I have okay. in the past. That's thank I have God. in the past. That my choirs never seem to last too long. Once I once I you know tell. Do you, do you demonstrate the song? I demonstrate the song, and they all walk out. That's you know, it. That's what I figured. Yeah. You should get back to playing. Uh, you should bring a trombone or something in it. It'd be hard to. Do. <laughs> I guess it'd be tough to do. But not many shot. can sing and play the trombone at the same time. <laughs> I think you should try. It cannot be any worse. That's probably true. Aaron, next week on Amigos, we are going to talk about two new games for the Amiga. This is a this is a path less trodden by two us. Two new games to be brand new? Over the uh, four years of the show, we have not done too many new games. So uh, this was these games were chosen just like uh, Frontier was by our illustrious uh, Amigos Game Selection Committee. Uh, are these two new Odyssey games, for example? These are two new Amiga <laughs> games. Oh, okay. Uh, these, this is uh, Tiger Claw. Okay, yes. And Power Glove. Ooh. Yeah. I should get Brent to let... Oh, actually, I, I don't have the Power Glove anymore. We used to have one of those. It was all ate up. Mm. Do you need a Power Glove to play it? Did I bet it, you do. You might, you might have to. I'll get you know, yeah, Nintendo Most of the people I saw with the Power Glove, they'd end up having to play with the D-pad that was on the Power Glove. It's not a good sign. Well, mm. I mean, you're... You're right. Yeah. It was a horrible, horrible gimmick. <laughs> I'd still love to have one, though. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, you got to put one of those on the wall somewhere. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for uh, listening. Thank you to all the people that have tuned in to Amigos Live as we record almost every Friday night around 5.30 Eastern U.S. time. Uh, I'd like to thank Retro Tech and Toys, Treyguard 1982, Pixels at Dawn, Night and Staff. Uh, let's see. Graham Vebke, Ricky DeRocher. Uh, Picard 2005, uh, Free Lunch, uh, Duncan was here earlier, Will Williams, Necronom. Uh, thank you guys so much, Paul Harrington, for, for checking us out. I know it's late for you guys here in, uh, in, um, in Europe. Thank you for staying up late, late with us. Uh, you can stay tuned for the after show. We're going to be drinking some scotch. Our buddy Chad, our buddy Chad, you want to tell, you want to tell the fans? What uh, what what Chad has brought to Amigo Studios this evening? Well, he's brought. It looks like he just passed the drug test. <laughs> That's exactly pulled, right. Pull one of those vials out just real quick. And this, he's brought a, a whole collection of these uh, little numbers, and you can see that written on these are various 
foreign words with a number beside them. Now, I've been told these contain some sort of uh, uh, booze, but they could really be anything. The joke could be on us. <laughs> That's true. That's because true. we could swig one of these things. It could be Listerine or urine or God knows what. So I, I, we like Chad, so I'm assuming he wouldn't try to murder us. That's right. We could, you could tune in and watch us be killed on the air. <laughs> so that's going to start uh, just a few minutes after we stop this stream. So if you're into that, stay tuned. <laughs> We're also going to be taking a look at Aaron's uh, Atari 8-bit multi-cart that he's just got, the uh, Uno cart. So this is going to be one of the first YouTube videos uh, with a demonstration of that. So check that out. Um, it will be posted later as a separate video, too. So... Guys, thanks for watching this week. Until next time, keep playing the Amiga. Adios. Adios.